welcome to CRE Power Hour. My name is Lisa Marie Wand and my co-host Stephanie Gills, and she's not here today, but she's with us in spirit. And Stephanie and I have spent the last two decades growing and scaling our businesses. And together, we are bringing a new space for you to learn alongside the best in real estate with CRE Power Hour. And today, our guest speaker is Dalee Becker, and we're so excited to have her on the show. Hey, everybody, we do have a live audience joining us today, so please drop your name and where you're from in the chat. And we absolutely welcome questions from our live audience during the show. And let's get right to it. Hi, Dalee. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm just so honored to be here and spend an hour with you and whatever guests we have tune in. Yay, that's so awesome. Delee and I had a chance to speak on the phone. Gosh, was it maybe a um, couple of months ago? I think so. I think it was in August. Uh, August. Yeah, so, well, time's a ticking fast, isn't it? And one of the things I loved about talking to, to Delee over the phone is I could feel her energy and her great enthusiasm coming through. And I appreciate people like that because I'm also high energy and enthusiastic. And so it took us a little time, but we're so excited you're here. So Delia, I'm going to do a little introduction, but then I, that I would love for you to share with our audience today, your story about commercial real estate and how you got to the level of success you are. Um, we'll have some Q&A, and then we have some other questions that we like to ask to all of our guests. So I love social media. It's another thing I love about Delia. She just won from the CREI Summit, and we'll drop that, the name of that in the chat for you. It's an annual event that's held. It's around commercial real estate and social media in the commercial real estate realm. And Delee won the Hustler Award for 2022. And what that means is she was hustling it and bringing it on. She was recognized for the LinkedIn platform, for Instagram, for Twitter, most likely best dressed because you look amazing. And she also made the list of the top 50 women of influence in commercial real estate for 2022. So, wow, that's amazing. And you're in Austin, Texas, right? Yes. So that was a little introduction. So Delete, tell us your story, how you got started in commercial real estate and tell us about kind of your path to success. Give us the highlights. Highlights. Okay, I will give you uh, a bit of background how I got how I found myself in commercial real estate because it wasn't necessarily a path. Honestly, I didn't know it existed. I, I went to the University of Texas. I have a degree in kinesiology. I've never used it. Um, other than knowing how to get through a very big system and and ending up with a piece of paper that said I graduated. So <laughs> Um, I met my husband uh, whenever I was finishing uh, my second senior year at UT, and he is 14 years older than me, and he um, had just started a construction company. He had been in construction since he graduated with a civil engineering degree from UT in 1987. So I met him, um, we dated, we got married, I worked for a sister and did international meeting planning for three, four years till I had my son, who's now 15. Uh, traveled your, what's your, hubby, what's your what? hubby's name and what's your son's name? Give him a little shout out. Russ Becker is the love what? of my life who I've been married to for 19 years as of yesterday. 
Oh my gosh, congratulations. That huge milestone. Um, and my son's name is Crockett Becker. He turned 16 in two weeks and we're excited he can oh, drive. Oh gosh, <laughs> driving's on the horizon. <laughs> Hallelujah. Very excited about that. So uh, whenever I had my son, traveling internationally was uh, impossible. That wasn't what I was going to do. And at the time we were, that was 2006, we entered into the recession and my construction company was in the middle of a 40 lot subdivision in East Austin. Wow. So my husband switched gears and went back to federal work, which is what he was, he cut his teeth on. That's what he did for 15, 20 years before he started Beck Wright and Sons. And uh, I was put in charge of eking our way through that 40 lot subdivision because he had to go do government work and we had to get enough houses sold to get that development loan paid off. And so that's what I did. During that time, my husband was like, you need to go get your real estate license. And I said, absolutely not. I hate selling these houses, but I'm <laughs> doing it because we've got to survive. Right? That's right. You do, you do what you got to do, right, Delie? And, and most of my career has really become that. I just go do what I have to do because I can figure it out. And usually it's really hard and I do figure it out. So uh, he hassles me for four years. I go get my license and a woman in there says, you should go do commercial real estate because you would be terrible at residential. You do <laughs> not have the right temperament. And I said, oh, you think so? And so, uh, was she saying you're a bad? Was she saying you're a badass, or you were showing your bitchy side? I was showing my bitchy side. Uh -huh. I, I I did not have a lot of um, patience for the residential world. That the the that's buyers probably, everything. That's probably one of the reasons we're all here in commercial real estate. So, you just celebrate it. We can we can do the RBF. Do you know the RBF? No. The resting bitch face. <laughs> yeah, well, if, if I'm talking about residential real estate, it comes on real fast. Like, <laughs> so you got your license, and someone was nice enough to suggest to you that you go into commercial real estate, which is an, another woman. That's awesome to hear. And um, then, yes, another woman. And by that time, we had we started buying commercial buildings in 2006 uh, because I have a commercial construction company. So I said, fine, I will go do that. I'm not taking any clients because I don't want to deal with them. I'm only going to buy buildings for Beckright. Um, but then I, I ended up working with several women to buy uh, land and buildings in East Austin. And I realized that, you know what? I can't buy every building I want to buy. So imagine if I have a pool of buyers. So that's really how this all started is... I love buying commercial real estate and I can go help people. So that was 2012. Um, I always knew I'd have my own brokerage because I, I have, you know, now it's a 23 year old construction company. So it was always going to be Beckright. I formed Beckright Commercial in 2014. And, you know, a lot of my story is this simple. Um, I have a very big God and I, I like to give him the glory. I don't push my faith on anybody, but I'm very proud of it. So what I'm very good at is seeing opportunity. And I've had a lot of opportunity come my way. And that's really how my whole career and business has morphed is people calling me up or walking into my office and saying, I heard you're the girl to do this. Will you do it? 
And I look at it and go, yeah, I mean, that's in my wheelhouse. I can do that. And then I figure it out as I go. So a lot of what I've done is self-taught. Um, I have taken CCIM classes, the ones that I wanted to take. So I do not have my pin. I, I hi highly regard it. I believe that people that go do that, that is phenomenal. Um, but the way that I mostly do everything is my husband calls it cowboy math. And so I call it cowgirl math. If it's simple enough to figure out, then it's what I want to go do. And what do you attribute all that opportunity that comes your way? Do you attribute it to like, you have, like I say, yes, like you love to say yes to things, to challenges. You talked about your religious faith, like um, in being able to do math on a napkin, like I'm the same way. I love to be able to break something down very simply because the, um, you know, execution can just be ruined by making something complicated, you know? I 100% agree. So hallelujah to you for feeling the same way that I do. Um, a lot of what has come my way is really via our construction company. So I have to, I have a construction company. I can go GC my own work. Uh, we have done developments. My husband's you know, built everything from light rail uh, in the Northeast, multifamily, commercial buildings of all kinds uh, for the last 35 years. So I really have a toolbox that I can go do a lot that most people, they can't. They've got to sub it out or find somebody to do it. So when that opportunity comes, uh, I look around and go, you know what? Sometimes I pray about it, if you will. And I will talk to my husband and say, what do you think? And then I say, okay, God has handed us this. Let's run with it. You push on the metal thing that says push and pull it out, but take the button off first. Hey, Daisha, we can hear you. Could you mute, please? Great, thank you. Um, so it sounds like you and your husband are an incredible team as well because you're, you're doing everything together. You may be in the forefront, um, that female commercial real estate powerhouse, but you guys are figuring it out. Is that correct? Absolutely. So I, I say you've got to have a lot of fans and you got to have a lot of mentors and mentors doesn't mean that it has to be somebody that you meet with all the time. But clearly my husband was my number one mentor and, and still often is. And I have people in the industry that are commercial brokers here in Austin and outside of Austin that I learn from. I'm, I am a voyeur of information, so I read a lot and, and not books. I mean, I, I watch podcasts, I watch people that I know, I read a lot of economic news to figure out how it affects me. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, and then the biggest thing that I've had, I have a, a mentor in Austin, Texas, Gail Whitfield, that I can go to and say, here's the opportunity I have. I'm worried about it. What should I do? And she will say, delete, go do it. And I will say, okay. And I do the same thing with my husband. Here's this opportunity. Um, one of them was redeveloping a 110 year old building in East Austin. I didn't want to do it because I didn't own it. Um, but the owners did own seven other really prime properties. And my husband said, say yes tell them that you also get to control all their properties and lease them from now on. And I went to them with that and they said, surely that would be great. 
we also need you to manage them. And so I turned around 30 days later and formed an asset management company. So you, because you do property management as well, right? Yes. So I own seven properties across the state of Texas. I manage my own. So when the uh, potential clients ask me to do it, I'm like, okay, that's in my wheelhouse. Um, I needed to up my whole you know, accounting system, operations, procedures, et cetera, to do it. Yep. And that's what I did. But to me, it's a whole lot easier to do it whenever you've always, you already have the business, right? The money is going to be coming in. I just have to spend the time figuring out the back stuff and doing it. But I had the experience of, you know, managing my own properties. And the reason why I named it Beckright Asset Management is because I do much more than manage. I, I don't just send plumbers and roofers, et cetera. I also really work with my clients to let them know, okay, we've got to put a new roof on this one. This one we can push. This one you need to sell. You need to get rid of it, right? If I owned it, I could keep it because it needs to be completely gutted and redone. So I become... Um, their console, if you will. You know, I consult them, although for the most part, they just do what I say. So they say, okay, Delia, if that's what you think. So that's why I call it asset management because I, I really control the whole portfolio and tell them what to do. So you're, you're their trusted advisor and wouldn't it be awesome if all of our clients listen to what, <laughs> what we tell them to do, especially if we know what we're talking about, right? Because... <laughs> If there's a lifespan to an asset or they have a certain strategy as far as they're investing and you're, you have the inner knowledge of what that is and then you can say, okay, let's create a plan and execute. Yeah, that's awesome. I owned a property management company for 14 years. I actually sold it multiple times and then I would build it up again and then I finally sold it in January of 2018. And um, I did commercial and residential property management residential property management in my former life. And I'll tell you, I'm so happy not to get calls on. I remember one year, Christmas Eve, I'm back in Chicago with my family and I get a call from a tenant that the heater's not working. So I really enjoyed my um, property management career, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be on the, on the other side of that now. So kudos to you <laughs> for all of that. Although commercial management's a lot easier because you're mostly dealing with businesses unless you have apartment complexes. Do you manage any uh, multifamily assets? No, I won't touch residential because I don't like the residential laws. So I stay far away from it. I only manage commercial. And to, to your point, um, managing buildings isn't my favorite thing to do. However, since I own seven properties, I also don't trust anybody else to do a better job than me right? Because I care more. I care yeah. more about the income. I care more about the properties. I care more about the tenants. So if, if somebody comes to me and says, will you manage one building? I always say no. If they come to me and say, I've got 10 to manage, then I'll consider it. Yeah, that makes sense. And commercial property management is actually a very lucrative side of the business because you, I always say property management pays dividends, you know? Absolutely. It does. So you get your monthly fee. That is fantastic. The big thing that when I decided to do it, because I had the opportunity, I'm like, okay, here's the opportunity. I don't want to manage other people's buildings. I don't want them to have a say. I just like to do what I want to do. <laughs> um, Margin in charge, Delee. <laughs> it's who I am. 
and and That's I've right. gotten very very vocal about who I am for for many reasons. And the number one being, if you don't like who I am, and believe me, I'm not everybody's flavor. Don't call yeah. me. I've got plenty of business. So if you like my style, then then we might work well together. If you don't, there's so many wonderful brokers, property managers, etc., that would much more fit what you're looking for. So. I want those to just wash on by to the next person. Um, and now I forgot what I was talking about. Well, okay, I'm going to stop you because I love, love, love what you just said. So first of all, the women in commercial real estate, we are still the minority sex in this business. And one of my mini Lisa Marie-isms is if everyone's your client, then no one's your client. And I think you actually probably really understand what I'm saying. And so talk to our audience about how you have embodied who you are as a business woman and how that shapes your business, your attitude towards the, your career, and just like what you're doing versus what you're not doing. Because this is, this is so important, especially when people are starting out in the business or if they've chosen a particular asset class or something and you, you, I know you understand you, people can lose their fire and their oomph in their business. And it sounds to me like for you and me as well, it's really important to keep that part of who we are and to be able to express that in, not just in our life in general, but we're here to talk about business today. So just lay it out there for us. We want to hear all the good juicy stuff. <laughs> Oh, wonderful. I can't wait to share because it's, you know, I'm learning as I go. So I realize, I recognize that it might be hard if you are a woman or if you're, if you're just a young broker and you're new to the business, right? If you've been in the business a year, it is much more difficult to be picky about your clients. But I have found that if I have the wrong client, it's a whole lot more work and it's miserable because miserable. I am, totally. it's miserable. I am who I am. And if you let me run wide open, this is what I tell everybody. If you let me run wide open, I'll make you money. Just stand back. You do what I tell you to do. You don't need to ask questions. You can ask clarifying questions. I'm not here to teach you. If you want to make a bunch of money, that's what I will do. That's who I am. I also say this, and I'm happy to say it on YouTube. If you know more about commercial real estate than I do, don't call me, right? So I happen to have a client that got way out of hand for me. And at the end of it, I realized he thought he knew more about commercial real estate than I did. Yep. He didn't. To be fair, there's lots of people that do, right? So why call me? <laughs> it, we're gonna we're gonna rub each other the wrong way. So I learned that you're gonna butt you're gonna butt heads. And you're gonna butt gonna heads. And, yeah. and I'm I'm not in this business to butt heads. You would call me if you want to buy a building, one to ten million. You want it in Central Texas. You wouldn't call me if you want to buy a hundred million dollar building in Chicago. Not your girl. There's so many people that are way more experts in that. So what I decided to do out of that messy client situation was become even more vocal on social media 
and my newsletter and my blog posts and everything. So you just, you know who I am. I heard a statistic. If, if, if I give your name to somebody, Lisa Marie, generally the first thing they're going to do is Google you, yeah. right? So if people are going to Google me, let's make sure that my brand, my reputation and who I am is out there for them to find. So if they find me and they're like, you know, I don't know, this, this, this young woman thinks that, you know, I'm going to listen to her and she's going to boss me around. Great. Don't call me. It's okay. Because <laughs> I do have people that call and say, I need your help. And it happened on Friday night, last Friday night. It was a, it's a referral from a residential agent. A woman called me. She has 20 days to identify for a 1031 or pay 600,000 in gains. Yeah, and yeah. she was scared. She'd never done a 1031. And I'm like, my friend, you are so far beyond the ball. Like, you're in trouble. So here's yeah. what's going to happen. I'm going to send you properties that are available that I know are good. I'm going to give you three. We need to write contracts. You have to have this, you know, them inspected before your identification is up. I spent an hour talking to her. At the end, she got off. She's like, you know, Julie, I was so scared before I got on the phone with you, but I feel so much better because you're going to get this done. And I said, I am because I wouldn't commit to getting it done. But if you will do what I tell you to do, right? If she starts asking questions or going, well, never mind, I don't want a drive-through retail in Austin, Texas. I want medical in Lubbock, Texas. Well, okay, I'm not looking in Lubbock, Texas, and I can't guarantee I know that market as well as I know Central Texas. So already we're just, it's just better if they do what I say. And I only take clients that I know I can bring value to. Again, if somebody says they want to buy a downtown Austin skyscraper, I am not your girl. But I know some great brokers. Same thing, multifamily. I always refer it out. And I have, you know, five multifamily brokers. They're phenomenal. So if you call me for multifamily, I'll say, I'm not your person. Here's five people. Call them. So here's what I, here's what I hear you saying so far. Um in no particular order. Number one, your brand is out there and your brand is clear that you're your brand. Two, you're a badass commercial real estate broker and you're there to get it done, to solve problems and to help your clients meet their goal. And you want them to do that by listening to what you have to say. Because in your particular area, in your particular asset class or asset vertical market that you work in, you know what you're doing and you have a track record. Also, you're not everybody's flavor and you know that. So you're not going to lose sleep over someone if it's not a good fit or if you have to fire them, right? Correct. Correct. And I'd like to fire them from the very first phone call. <laughs> yes. I'm not yes. your girl. Click. Yes. Yes. Or they figure it out as they're listening along that, oh, this, and that's even better, right? Because sometimes they can just fire themselves. That is, that is my whole point of being everywhere in media. That is, that is the big thing that they see me and go, she's not my flavor. I, I don't take instructions very well. So <laughs> they don't call. And, and it saves me time because I used to get so many phone calls. I'm like, yeah. I can't handle all these. It's better for them to self-lead themselves. Yes, exactly. And so for, for commercial agents starting out, because I, I mentor 
commercial agents that are new and somewhat experienced across the United States. I love being a commercial coach, a commercial mentor um, within my organization, EXP Commercial. And they get squirrel syndrome, you know, because it can be overwhelming and there's so much and there's so much to learn and so many different types of clients. So what, based on what we've just been talking about, about you and how you approach your business, what is some, you know, true grit, um, recommendations, uh, solid truths that you would share with people in this business that are struggling to kind of find their way? Okay, struggling to find their way, getting into the industry. Um, and I know a million people say this, uh, specialize. So what we call it in our household is stay in your lane, right? Stay in find your lane. your lane, find yeah. a lane. Um, I tell young people that are just coming out of college, man, join a big brokerage. Go work at JLL, go work at CBRE. They are going to put you through the ringer. You're going to do so much business and you are going to learn very fast. That's mm -hmm. an enormous opportunity. Not everybody can get into a bigger brokerage. They've got their box. And even that, I mean, choose a lane. If you want to do land, and you know, up until now in Central Texas, a land deal might take five years. So no, if that's your temperament. Office leasing and retail leasing generally seems to be faster, especially on the tenant rep, because the basics is your client generally doesn't pay you, right? So getting listings for sale or for lease is a whole lot harder because you do have to go to the owner. You've got to convince them of your expertise. You've got to show track record. You, you've got to do all those things. So they actually trust you and agree to pay 6%, let's say. So if you're starting out, get into leasing. And to be clear, if you're going to do investment sales, if you ask my opinion, you've got to know leasing stone cold. I mean, I can, I can do numbers in my head. If you ask me what office rent is anywhere in Austin, Texas, I've got a really good idea. And not because yeah. I lease office all over Austin, because it all affects me. So leasing is a phenomenal place to start. Um, I don't find that a lot of young people know to do this or are willing to do this, but I think it's the best way to get in this industry. Find a senior broker and go work for them. They're going to yeah. have you do 90% of the work, but they're going to bring all the clients. They're going to put you through the ringer and you are going to learn how to do it. It's a whole lot faster than starting out doing it on your own, building up your own clientele. Go learn from a senior broker. For coaching, at, you know, mentorship, uh, et cetera, coaching is phenomenal. And here is my number one rule. Do what they tell you to do. <laughs> just like, well, that's just like you, because you tell people that you want them to do what you tell them to do. And it's the same thing with your coach. Like I'll, I coach and mentor, mentor agents, commercial agents, and I know exactly what you need to do to be successful, but that doesn't mean they're going to do it. And you and I, both of us, we didn't go straight to a big box brokerage to learn. You were saying, you know, you learned a lot of this stuff on your own and with mentors and people around you. And I did the same thing. Um, nobody really wanted to teach uh, a single mom of twins with bl blonde hair and an MBA. They're kind of like, what do we do with her? You know, so I, I really figured it out through the school of hard knocks 
um, how to be successful in this business. So whenever someone can give tips to people, even if they're not new, even if you've been in the business a few years and you're ready to level up. So that's great. Is there anything you want to add to that? Just that. I mean, that's the surprising thing that I find, not just in my clients, but in people, you will give them the best advice and that you will say, go do this, this, and this. So they don't do it. Well, then why did you ask for advice? Why are you paying for a coach that tells you exactly how to do it in this yeah. order? Go do it. And my biggest successes have come out of that. Me going to my mentor, Gail, and saying, I don't want to do this. And she, she says, what are you? What is it? So I'll explain the whole situation. And she goes, Delia, that's such a great opportunity. Go do it. Say yes right now. And I always do. I've not, I've never not taken her advice because she's been doing it for 40 years. She's phenomenal. To have that level of experience at your fingertips is awesome. And I love to pay it forward. This is my 17th year in the business. And one of my favorite things to do is help you know, junior agents and brokers grow their business. And so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions here. What's the biggest lesson that you've learned in the last year? Oh, in the last year, I've got a biggest lesson overall, but I'll focus on this last year. Well, um, I don't know if it's a lesson, but something crossed my desk. I was on a Zoom call with a group of women actually put together by OTSO. OTSO Insurance created a list called the um, International Women's Day list of commercial real estate influential women. So I was on a Zoom call and a woman in the call said only 2% of commercial real estate is owned and managed by women. And I had never heard that statistic. Right? I haven't never heard it. So I grabbed my sticky notes, <laughs> wrote that down. I'm like, I've got to find out if this is true. How do I find this out? So again, I am a nerd at heart. So I'm going to go study stuff. So I start studying it. I'm pulling up all sorts of articles. And sure enough, there's plenty of articles that say only 2% of commercial real estate is owned and managed by women. Mm -hmm. So I am sitting at the Globe Street Women of Influence in Park City. Stephanie was there. She spoke on stage. Yeah. Phenomenal. I mean, her stage presence is just amazing. She's a rock so, star. She's a rock star. So we're with her in spirit wherever she's at um, today. So it was the day before the, um, gosh, it wasn't the unemployment rates that came out. It was July. It was the end of July. The economic indicator that said we would be in a recession. Why invite? Why is it slipping my mind? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I had already been screaming from the mountaintops uh, starting at early June that we were in a recession, that you know, the end of June, those indicators would come out and that we were in a recession. So I told everybody at my table, and the next day I was on a panel and I said, you know, I am right. I mean, the indicator came out, we had two uh, quarters of negative GDP growth. And I realized then, because Beth Azor was there, and she's a huge advocate, proponent, you know, screams it at everybody, women must buy commercial real estate. You've got to get in the game. So I had spent time with her there, uh, and I'd heard her on podcasts, you name it. I follow her religiously and have for years. Again, that's one of those mentors I, I had till then had never met. 
but I listened to her a lot. So I decided at Globe Street, I said, you know, I have got to get all these women, 300 women there, so incredibly smart, enormous um, accolades, the things that they have done in their career, amazing. Three of them in the audience owned commercial real estate. Three. Me, Beth, and another person. Like, I, I didn't know that person. Bethany. Bethany? Stephanie, our, my co-host. She owns commercial okay. real estate. Bethany. Okay, I don't think she was in the audience whenever, because I think it was Beth that asked it. I can't remember. Maybe it was me. So I decided then and there, this was July, that I am going to go figure out how to push, pull, prod all of you women that are in commercial real estate to buy commercial real estate. And I'm focusing on us in the industry because so many women, you've been doing this for 20 years. It's amazing what's in your head, what you know. Like I said, the, one of the biggest things about buying a building is leasing it. If you're a leasing expert, man, you've got leaps and bounds knowledge over other people get over your fear jump in and I know Beth and I are you know both in this boat I'll help you go find something to buy let's buy it I just need you to be the expert boots on the ground wherever it's at I love the challenge I love the challenge I'm an investor as well and I love the challenge of ladies ladies of commercial real estate it's time for us to own more of the market share because 2% is just not enough, like not acceptable. We need to raise the bar on how many women own commercial real estate. Especially considering how many of us are in it. I mean, I yes, think they, know the business. they know the business. I mean, that's another, so I do development um, and really what I what I focus on is redevelopment. I like to find a 50 year old building, a hundred year old building that needs to be gutted and completely redone and repositioned in the market. So I call myself a redeveloper. Um, the biggest struggle or risk in development is the variables you don't control, okay? So I am good at what I do because I control the construction. I control the leasing. I control the market knowledge. I, I have all of that. I control pro the project management. Uh, I control finding, uh, financing. I mean, I don't control it. I got to go find the right financing. Um, so take that down just a little bit of a level. I talked to a friend in Tallahassee, Florida, who did 49 leases last year. She is a, she has a lot of badassery whenever it comes to yeah. leases. She was working hard, wasn't she? 49 leases, yeah. I mean, whenever I heard that, I was like, what? And so I got to spend the day with her and I said, you need to go find us a vacant building. Go find us a vacant building that you know you can tenant. She said, but I don't know how to do the financing. I've never bought a building, et cetera. I said, I'm going to bring my part. I, I know how to do that. I can guarantee the loan, but I can't buy in Tallahassee a vacant building because I have no idea who to put in it. She does. So then I get to expand outside of Texas. I get an amazing partner and I know she can do it because the proof is in the pudding. Look at the numbers. I've never yeah. done 49 leases in a year. That's fabulous. And it, I love it when 
Um, women in our business collaborate together. So that's, that's, that's a whole nother level of how we can lift each other up. And guys, we love you. We need you. You're a big part of this business, but there's also the, you know, women working together is phenomenal. So let me ask you another question, Dilly. What would you say is your secret sauce? In other words, what is it? What's that badassery part of you and what sets you apart from your competition? Okay, let's see. I have a lot of answers to this. Uh, my badassery. So I mentioned my faith and my faith is very, very strong. I have a very big God. He's often very hilarious because I you know, tell him we come up with plans and then, but he doesn't follow my plan. So that's very cute. It's not his plan, right? <laughs> He's not his plan. Um, but I know for sure that's, that's one of the ways that I'm able to handle the ups and downs of this industry, right? There's a lot of ups and downs. There's deals that die. They all die a thousand deaths. And it's the one that you yeah. think will never make it across the finish line that closes. And you're like, didn't see that coming. So <laughs> that is that my secret sauce is I get up very early. So I'm, I'm generally a 4 a.m., 5 a.m. riser. And I get out of bed and I spend an hour with God. And so I, I read the Bible. I pray. I meditate. If that sort of faith is not your thing, I highly recommend meditation, a different spirituality. What I find is it centers me for the day because a lot of days there's stuff coming at me. Um, Monday, I walked in and there was water pouring out of the ceiling in the front of my building. I didn't plan on spending two hours on that. But clearly it had to be handled. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I get myself centered so I can handle the day that's coming at me. Um, Business-wise, my secret sauce is this. And it also helps with my branding. And it helps me know my lane and stay in it. I'll outwork just about anybody. I mean, working long hours doesn't bother me. Um, I'm, I'm a workaholic. And, and that's fine. Maybe I need some help with it. We'll see down the road. Um, my company mission statement is grow business, build wealth, period. It's that simple. And it's what I do every single day. We have a construction company so we can buy commercial real estate. I have a brokerage to make commissions so I can buy commercial real estate. And I get my pick of the litter right? Because I have a lot of deals crossing my desk. I have three brokers that work for me and they come in and go, Dilly, you have to buy this. And I'm like, do I? <laughs> they explain it to me. And I mean, I, I bought an amazing warehouse because one of my brokers sat me down, said, you got to buy this. I said, Jim, not really a 20,000 square foot warehouse girl in the outskirts of Austin. He gave me all the bullet points and I said, let's roll, right? He told you the story. He told you the story because every property has a story, right? Every building. And yes. Yes. And industrial is way more his bag. So he gave me all the ins and outs of it. And I said, man, I'm, I'm going to rock and roll and go do this. And that's what I did. It was significant. I bought it. Uh, the construction was finished. I didn't do construction. I leased it and I sold it three months later. So I didn't stay in warehouse for long, but I stayed in long enough to make enough money. to make some money and have some fun, right? Yes. <laughs> so grow business, build wealth. And I tell business owners this all the time. If they come to me and they say, um, I'm looking to lease office space and I'll look at them and go, why? Like, because I need office space. And I'm like, you need to buy. 
you buy. The reason why you have a business is so that you can get a 20-year fixed note buying office space. So most every grade that comes to me for leasing, if you will, uh, if they are able to buy, I turn them into buyers because that's the whole point of business. Grow business, so you have financials and you have money coming off of it. You buy the building. More often than not, whenever a business owner gets near retirement age, if they own the building that their business is in, in Austin, Texas, your building's worth more than the business. Sure, absolutely. Sure. Um, I'm also a business broker and the majority of the time, the if someone is selling their business with the real estate, the bulk of the profit is in the brick and mortar. So in the land, in the building. So you're absolutely right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of Invest my secret sauce. That is my secret sauce is I teach people, here's what I do. Here's why I do it. Go do it. That's awesome. I mean, I love the fact that you're straight into the point. I totally appreciate that about you. I wish Stephanie was here today because I mean, you two have some very similarity, similar personality um, traits and, and work ethic. She's a, she's a super hard worker too. And let me ask you one more question before we wrap today. And I'll see if we have, if we have some questions from our live audience as well. Go ahead and put those in the chat. What's the best piece of advice that you could give to an agent or broker that wants to grow and scale their business in the next year? Okay, I will give this piece of advice because the proof is in the pudding. Get on social media, do it. And don't be, um, oh, what is it, embarrassed, right? So if you get on social media, don't you be shy. Can, <laughs> don't be shy and don't worry about how you look because there's so few people in commercial real estate that are actually producing content you don't need to worry about, do you come off as the smartest, the best, et cetera. The fact that you're on there is significant. So at CREI Summit, I was invited into the tub with Eddie Gonzalez out of Arizona, okay? And I think it was episode 72. And when he started doing tub talks, I think there was a lot of people that were skeptical if that was a good idea. So he kept doing it. You should see Eddie's following on TikTok, Instagram. He's now on LinkedIn, very active. And he is such a comical guy. He is also extremely um, smart, wise, has a ton of experience in commercial real estate. And so I met a woman at the Beth Azor trip that is putting in a development in Arizona she said, do you, because I said, if you come to Texas, let me know. I mean, I've got people in all the markets. I'm happy to introduce you to. She said, do you know anybody in Arizona? And of course, who pops into my head? Eddie. Eddie Gonzalez. Of course, because that's what marketing does. It puts you top of mind. So you can now go on social media, see me in a tub with Eddie Gonzalez. Was there bubbles? There was bubbles. There's bubbles. So in the beginning, it does look like I am just you know, no yes. swimsuit, the bubbles, <laughs> the bubbles fade. I am in a swimsuit, um, but that's my personality. And so yeah. that is my best piece of advice. It's actually what I've given to my nephew, Reese Rucker in Dallas. He just uh, joined Fisher after graduating from college. And I said, 
kiddo, I'm going to pull you onto social media. You need to be very active. You need to be very present. And here's the biggest thing that I teach people. It's not just about posting. So no less than whenever I sit down in the morning, I generally comment on 10 people's posts. Yep. Comment, not just like you have found, you're going to see it because I tweeted you, I tagged you because yep. that's significant. All the social media algorithms love commentary more than likes. And that's yep. my way of giving because, and usually, I mean, I see the post, I'm super excited. I'm like, oh, this is great. And I come up with something thoughtful to say social media, it's the new frontier. And, you know, if you don't get on it, you're going to get left behind. Get on the social media train. I've been preaching this for quite some time because if you look, you see me everywhere on social media as well. And I agree with you. You know, when I create any kind of video content, I don't look back. I just, I'm like, it is what it is. I'm real. I'm human. I make mistakes, but that authenticity also helps us connect with people. Don't you agree, Delete? Absolutely. And then I get to see what you're like. So whenever I get on, I mean, you and I haven't met in person, but I feel like I know you very, very well. Just reading through your LinkedIn, checking out your Twitter, et cetera. I know what you're about, right? Yes. You don't have to make a political statement or anything. I have a flavor of who you are. And here's the biggest thing. I want people to be attracted to me or repelled. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we, the, the, the middle area, the wishy-washy, you're not a wishy-washy person. And so why would you want to attract the wishy-washy people? You have that initial conversation with them and they're either running towards you or they're running away from you and either is fine. Either, either is fine. In fact, the repelling is even better because we don't yeah. waste each other's time. Time yeah. is the most significant resource we have on the earth. We can't get any more of it. We have no idea how much we really have. So right. let's use Gosh. it wisely, use it for opportunities that are going to further our goals, um, for, use it to meet and get to know people that you want to be around. You, for instance, I mean, I can't wait till we meet in person. And the meet. strangest thing has happened, the older I get, the easier it is to make friends. They always say, you know, the older you get, the harder it is to make friends. Man, I have, at, at, at every turn, I have incredible people walk into my life and I'm like, I can't believe you want to hang out with me, but I'll do anything to be near you. I mean, this, and, and that's, that's how I felt when you asked me to be on this podcast. I'm like, yes, please. Well, I want to, I want to share why I think that is about you, Dilly, is because you know who you are. You are authentically Dilly Becker. And there, for me, that's very exciting and that attracts me. The fact that you know who you are and what you're good at and where you are and where you want to go, that is exciting and juicy. I mean, to me, that's badassery. When we sometimes, you know, when we're, when we're younger, this is the unique thing about age, you know, as we grow we learn stuff that there's no way you really could have known when you were younger, except maybe if you were the Dalai Lama of commercial real estate or something. But when you really know yourself, that's how you attract your tribe. Or those people are going to say, hell no, I don't want to spend an evening with her, you know? And like you said, it's totally okay. 
<clears throat> and so when we know who we are authentically, it's very easy for us to make friends, make business association, you know, business associations, partnerships, you know, collaborations, because we know what we want to do and then we can go for it. What do you think? I agree. And then here's the beautiful thing. If you get to a level where you enjoy most of what you do, because I always tell people 90% of what I do, I absolutely adore. When I have to get on the phone with um, an attorney, because I have locked out a tenant who has now broken into the building and acting as if they're okay to operate. That happened two weeks ago. That is not fun. It's not like I wake up in the morning and go, I can't wait to send the Lockhart police out to a building to stop a break-in. So... But it's the other 90% that I love doing, and I love doing it with the people that I'm doing it with. And then the beautiful thing is, you know, like, let's go buy a commercial building together. Find one in your market. Let's do this, because I know I like you. And it's that simple. That is so exciting. And Delee Becker, thank you so much for being our guest today. I love your authenticity. I love your energy. I love your drive and I look forward to having you on as a guest again and also for us to get to see each other live and in person sooner than later and CRE Power Hour we are a live show a live podcast on the second and fourth Wednesdays of every single month at 11 a.m pacific standard time please check us out at CREpowerhour.com and you can find our previous shows and our podcast. We're on Spotify so and Anchor. Thank you so much for being an amazing guest today. And go kick some butt, mama. Let's go make some money. Let's go make some money. Talk to you later. Thank you. Bye.